much. Then shall come to pass the saying which is uh, written, uh, uh, which is uh, written, uh, death is swallowed up in uh, victory. Isaiah 25 and uh, verse 8 is the uh, prophecy which Paul uh, is uh, referring to. Remember at the beginning of the chapter, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Uh, and so the adherence to the scriptures uh, as uh, the reference, as the foundation, uh, we see it in so many places. It shall come to pass what is uh, written. And, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Uh, a paraphrase, possibly, uh, a free quotation, you, you might say, of Hosea chapter uh, 13 and verse 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Uh, the sting of death is uh, sin, is, uh, uh, is uh, sin. By one man, Romans 5, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have uh, sinned. Uh, the sting uh, of death is uh, sin. Death has power over men because of sin. Sin calls for death. Sin demands death. The wages of sin is death, Romans chapter uh, 6. Power of death resides in uh, sin. Uh, when sin is dealt for, when sin is paid for, when sin is atoned and forgiven, then death does not have uh, any more power. Uh, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, uh, through him uh, who loved us. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, Height, depth, any other creature will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our uh, Lord. We are of good cheer and prefer to be absent from the body and at home with the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5. For to me, uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, is gain. First Thessalonians 4. Do not sorrow as others who have no hope, uh, who have uh, no hope. Uh, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Uh, from henceforth, says uh, the Spirit. Revelation chapter 14. For the believer, death should be something very different than what it is for uh, people in the uh, world. Now that you're young, you gird yourself and go where you desire. But when you are old, others will gird you and take you where you do not desire. The Lord Jesus said unto Peter. And then John comments on that in John chapter 21 and said, This said he concerning with which death Peter would do what? This said he concerning with which death he should glorify God. He should glorify God. 
Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, what is my earnest expectation and my hope? That Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. And that's different from how the world thinks of death, how the world views death, considers death. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. God has commandments. These commandments tell us what is right and true and holy. They speak against us. Sin is not a banana peel, a a mistake. Uh, I slipped and tripped, and that's uh, a complete description of the situation. Uh, Sin is not wearing colors that don't match and offending someone's sense of uh, fashion. Sin is to offend God, to break his commandments, to rebel against him. The strength of sin is the law. Now, the law exposes sin. It makes the nature of sin more clear. It makes it more evident and more obvious that sin is uh, uh, sin. It's not like the law is the ally of uh, sin, as if God's commandments are somehow themselves uh, wicked. Uh, Paul the Apostle said, Here comes the commandment, Thou shalt not covet, and it's supposed to guide me in the right direction, express what God wants, what pleases him, and instead it is my evil nature which rises up and which uh, starts to covet uh, all the more. Uh, uh, all the more. Right? Wet paint do not touch, and everyone starts touching, and it's not the fault of the sign, nor of the one who put the sign. It's not his intent to encourage people to, uh, uh, to touch. Uh, think of Cain and how he uh, responded uh, to uh, the Lord. Uh, to uh, uh, the Lord. Uh, there is a, a law. Think of the Lord saying, first of all, there's a way you approach me. There's a way that you come to worship me. The offering of a sacrifice. Uh, Think of the Lord saying to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? You're doing something that's wrong. You are falling into uh, sin. Of course, what does sinful nature do? It doesn't respond. And then the Lord says, Where is Abel, your brother? Uh, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And then when the Lord declared a punishment on him, there wasn't any hint of repentance. There was further complaint and murmuring. This punishment is too great, and I cannot uh, bear it. Uh, And I cannot bear it. The doctor who says that I am sick is not, in fact, an ally of the disease. He is against the disease. Uh, He is against the disease. It is not the doctor who is killing me. It's the sickness uh, which is killing me. The doctor does not help uh, the sickness. In fact, if I had listened to the doctor to begin with, I might not have been sick. Uh, uh, The strength of sin is uh, the law. Of course, when the Lord tells us that we're sick, we hear uh, very quickly of the remedy. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. 
through Jesus Christ our uh, Lord. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, pointing to the fact that the Son of Man would be lifted up. The great uh, lifting uh, uh, up. Uh, the strength of sin is uh, the law, uh, but... Uh, God has the remedy, God has the cure, he has eternal life, I will give unto them eternal life, they shall never perish, this is the record, God has given to us eternal life, this life is in his son, and the one who has the son has life, and the one who has not the son of God has not uh, life has not life. There is a victory, verse 57, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. It is his uh, victory. We can share it, we can benefit from it, we can be partakers uh, in it. In that sense, it becomes ours, but first and foremost, it is his victory which he gives to us. Thanks be to God who gives us uh, the victory. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. He causes us to triumph in Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 15, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 5, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be uh, to God. Uh, be thankful unto him. Uh, the Bible uh, uh, says he gives us the uh, victory. Uh, Psalm 98 and verse 1 says that his, his holy arm has gotten him the victory. Uh, John chapter 16 and verse 33, in the world you'll have tribulation, uh, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. But he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You little children have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. First uh, John 5, 4, Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our uh, faith. Revelation chapter 15 and verse 2, uh, verse 1 says, uh, no, excuse me, it is verse 2, uh, it says, I saw them who had the victory over the beast, uh, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his uh, name, uh, of his name. I saw them who had the victory, uh, who had the victory. Also in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 17 and verse 14, the Bible says, these shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen, and faithful. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. David, facing Goliath, said that the battle is the Lord's. The battle is uh, the Lord's. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have eternal uh, life. Romans 6, uh, 23. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 7 says that if you are a son, then you are an heir through Christ. Sonship, adoption, and inheritance. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. The exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. God's kindness is ours uh, through Christ Jesus. Being justified by faith, Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, uh, through uh, our Lord Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, these things that we're mentioning are the portion of the believer through Christ. The Lord Jesus is the light of the world. The, the Bible says we are changed into his image. In Daniel it says uh, that the believers will shine like uh, the stars. Matthew 13 likewise. He is the life and his life becomes our life. Uh, becomes uh, our life. What does it say in Revelation chapter 20? It says... Uh, in uh, the passage that speaks of the last, the great white throne judgment, it says that death is cast into the lake of fire. Death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Death will be no more. Revelation 21, there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Revelation 22 and verse 5, they shall reign forever and ever. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, here and there Paul speaks to them in a way that some might consider harsh. In this chapter, uh, verse 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak to your shame. Uh, verse 36, thou fool, uh, that which thou sowest is not made alive, except it die, except it die. There is need for rebuke, and uh, this letter does not spare uh, the Corinthians, as far as uh, areas in which they've strayed from uh, the, uh, the straight and narrow path. At the same time, beloved brethren, uh, go back to chapter 4 and verses 14 and 15. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, ye have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus... I have begotten you through the gospel, wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of uh, me. I, will, I meant to read from verse 14. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. Uh, look at Second Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, verses 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 12, 14 and 15, Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, 
For I seek not yours but you, for the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Therefore, my beloved brethren, a good deal of rebuke, but much love. In fact, there's something interesting in this regard. Uh, look at the very end of the letter. We are close to the end. Uh, we are at the end of chapter 15. Look at the end of chapter 16. And uh, look at verse 23. Uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, if you had asked me, I would have guessed that that was the end of the letter. And in fact, many of Paul's letters end with this kind of statement. And usually when this kind of statement is made, maybe there's something to follow. Uh, the book of Romans, there's a statement that praises God in closing, uh, in closing after he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Notice verse 24, my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Chapter 16 and verse 24, after he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, which is the typical ending. Look at his letters. It is the typical ending. Then he says, my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Uh, I think the only place where he ends in that way uh, of all uh, his, uh, his letters. Uh, of all the letters uh, that, uh, that he wrote. Uh, my love be with you all, in Christ Jesus, uh, uh, amen. Back in chapter 15 and end of the chapter, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable. Uh, unmovable. Think of the beginning of the chapter, and one of the things that he said right at the beginning uh, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, and which also ye have received, and in which ye do what? In which ye stand. In which you uh, stand. Uh, so, I want you to be steadfast. Uh, I want you to be uh, unmovable. Uh, unmovable. Psalm 78 and verse 8, concerning the generation in the wilderness, the writer says in Psalm 78 and verse 8 that their spirit was not steadfast with God. Also, Psalm 78, verse 37, neither were they steadfast in his covenant, not steadfast with God, not steadfast with his uh, uh, covenant. Uh, Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5. Colossians 2, uh, 5. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The steadfastness of your faith 
in Christ. You need to be uh, steadfast. Uh, among other things, it means you need to hold firmly, clearly, continually. You need to hold to what is uh, true. Uh, to what is uh, true. Proverbs 23 and verse 23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Uh, buy the truth and do not uh, sell it. First uh, Thessalonians 5.21 Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast to that which is uh, good. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 Continue in the things that you have learned and you have been assured of knowing of whom you have learned them. Uh, Titus chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Holding fast the faithful word as he has been uh, taught. Uh, Hebrews 4.14 We have a great high priest. Let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Uh, steadfast, unmovable. The world might say that there is no resurrection. So, if you're going to listen to the world saying that there is no resurrection, then you're going to perhaps start by doubting the bodily resurrection of the believer. And then with time, maybe you won't do it, but the next generation will do it. You will begin to doubt the bodily resurrection of Christ. And then another generation will not believe in any resurrection whatsoever. And by that time, the faith is gone, if not before. Uh, if uh, not uh, before. Hold fast uh, to that which is true, uh, to that which is uh, right. I'm not saying be steadfast, immovable, no matter what your position is. <laughs> be steadfast and unmovable as far as what is right is uh, concerned. As far as what is right is concerned. And you should be abounding always in the work of the Lord. Again, this ties... Uh, in to some things that were mentioned earlier in this same chapter, uh, in verse 10. By the grace of God, verse 10, I am what I am. His grace which was bestowed on me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I labored more uh, abundantly. In the second letter, where he is forced to defend himself because people showed up and said, we are the real teachers of the truth, uh, not Paul. What does he say in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23? Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And the first thing that he says, in labor is more abundant in labors more uh, abundant. If you think of chapter 3, what does he speak of? He speaks of there is planting to be done 
and there is watering to be done. I planted, Apollos watered. This is part of uh, the work which the Lord wants his children to do. Also in chapter 3, another image is used. There is building to be done. There is a foundation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. No other foundation. But we are required to build upon it with gold, silver, and precious stones. There is a following uh, uh, chapter 4 and verse uh, 16. I beseech you, be followers of me. And we could go through the, uh, the, the book and see what things are mentioned as things that need to be done. Chapter 5, a putting away of wickedness uh, uh, among uh, them uh, as a, a group. Chapter 7, uh, verse 29, the time is short. And the ones who uh, have wives must be as if they don't. And the ones who weep as if they don't. And the ones who rejoice as though they don't. Uh, the ones who buy as, they, as though they don't possess. Uh, the ones who use the world not abusing it. Uh, chapter 9. There is a race. They who run in the race, they run. All of them, one receives the prize. Run to obtain. Run to uh, obtain. Uh, chapter 10 and verse uh, 31. Glorify God whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do. Uh, or whatsoever ye uh, do. Uh, in chapter 16, there are some things mentioned regarding uh, the working uh, 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 of the believer, the ministry of the believer, the activity of the believer. Verse 9 tells us that a great door is open to me and effectual, and there are adversaries. Uh, now if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, because he works the work of the Lord. Uh, 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 chapter 16, verse uh, 13 says, Watch and stand fast in the faith, and quit you like men, and be strong. Verse 15 of chapter 16 speaks of the household of Stephanus, uh, that they have devoted themselves, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, uh, of uh, the saints, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's the way the believer should be. That's the way I should be. Uh, uh, I should be. Uh, uh, Epaphroditus, uh, remember, uh, what did he, uh, he do? Uh, carried the gift of the Philippians to uh, Paul, prisoner in Rome, and became sick, was nigh un unto death for the work of Christ, Philippians chapter 2. For the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.3, I remember without ceasing the work of your faith, the labor of your love, the patience of your hope. The Bible tells us that the believer should be zealous of good works. Rayur. Hebrews chapter 13, God should work in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight. 
work in me what is well pleasing in his uh, uh, in his sight uh, uh, always abounding in the work of the uh, Lord uh, am I abounding in God's work am I abounding in my spiritual life uh, in general uh, Philippians 1.9, I pray that your love would abound uh, more and more in knowledge, in judgment. Uh, also in Philippians, the fourth chapter and verse 17, I desire fruit to abound to your account, uh, to your uh, account. Um, uh, Colossians chapter 2 says we should abound in the faith. Uh, with thanksgiving, uh, with thanksgiving. First uh, Thessalonians chapter three and verse twelve: abound in love one towards uh, uh, another. First uh, Thessalonians four and verse one: as you've received of us how you ought to walk and please God, abound more and more. Uh, uh, more uh, and more. Second uh, Thessalonians one three. Uh, we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren. It's meet. It's right. Suitable, appropriate, because your faith grows exceedingly, because the love of every one of you towards each other abounds. The Lord Jesus said, "I've come that they might have life." And that they might have it more abundantly. More uh, abundantly. My beloved brethren, steadfast and unmovable. I'm thinking of those as speaking about the same things. Always abounding in uh, God's work. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, uh, is not in vain uh, in the Lord. Again, this ties, uh, this ties us to certain things already mentioned in this chapter, in this passage. Uh, if we go back, first of all, to uh, the section uh, that is towards the beginning, not the very beginning, where he says, for instance, in, in verse 14, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain. And your faith is vain. Remember what's he saying at the end? Uh, your labor is not in vain. Uh, now, if Christ uh, is not risen, uh, back in verse 14, your preaching is vain and your faith uh, is uh, vain. Uh, notice what he says in the middle of the chapter. Uh, verse 30. Why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? Verse 32, if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what does it profit me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. For tomorrow we die. So, speaking of himself, he can tell them of episodes. He can tell them of times when he has served in such a way 
that he has placed his life in danger. That he、uh, has placed his life at risk. The believer has a labor. The believer has a work to do. The believer has a ministry, and this ministry is difficult. And perhaps, in some cases, it can bring a person's life into jeopardy. It can bring hazard and、uh, danger, and、uh, danger. So, why am I doing these things? If the dead rise not, what does it profit me? It's meaningless. It's foolish. If the dead rise not, if the message is not true,、uh, if the message is not true. But when you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, when you know that the message is true, God has promised、uh, the believer. Uh, that he will rise again. God has promised, of course, other things as well. All of God's promises are uh, uh, are uh, true. The labor is meaningful. It is reasonable. It is uh, uh, reasonable. Uh, back in First Corinthians chapter three and verse eight, what does he speak about? First Corinthians chapter three and verse eight, he says, "Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, according to his own、uh, labor." So、uh, there is a reward. Your labor is not in vain in uh, uh, in the Lord.、Uh, in the Lord, a story is told, and I've heard various versions of this story. And to the very best of my knowledge, it is a real story. But here and there, you read some versions of it, maybe where some things are overstated.、Uh, Sometimes this story is told, beginning with a certain pastor whose name was Francis Dixon. Francis Dixon was the pastor of Lansdowne Baptist Church in Bournemouth, England. Bournemouth is on the south coast of England. It is a port city, and. This man was pastor、uh, around the year 1945, and subsequent to that, I think, for some time. And an interesting thing happened to this man,、uh, uh, Reverend Dixon. Someone in his church was telling him about his salvation experience, and he told him, "I was in Sydney." And a man came to me on the street and told me, "If you died within the next 24 hours, would you go to heaven or hell?" And apparently, the man went on to witness to him regarding the Lord Jesus. And later on, after he left Sydney, 
this witness stayed in his mind and in his heart, and eventually he came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Pastor Dixon, Reverend Dixon, in his church in Bournemouth, heard someone who came to his church, gave a testimony, there was a man in Sydney who preached to me, who witnessed to me. Then, a short time afterwards, he heard a witness from another person. I was in Sydney, and someone came to me on a certain street, George Street, and he asked me, if you died within the next 24 hours, would you go to heaven or hell? And the question remained with me, and thinking of what he said, I later on prayed to receive the Lord as Savior. Pastor Dixon subsequently heard of two other people in England, people whom he met, who said the same thing, that they were in Sydney, and a man came to them on a street called George Street, uh, on a street called George Street, and asked them the same question. 24 hours, if you died, would you go to heaven or hell? Now he had heard from four people. He had a trip to Australia. First he went to Adelaide, which is about the middle of Australia, the bottom. And he was telling people, you know, I'm curious. I'm going to go to Sydney, and I'm curious about this person I've heard about who has witnessed to four people I know in England. And uh, they say it was because of him and because of his question that they each later on heard uh, that they each later on came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he said that in Adelaide, someone came to him and told him, someone, when I was in Sydney, witnessed to me. And so that made five. And then he went to Perth, which is in Western Australia, and he said, I'm going to Sydney, and I've heard that there is someone who witnesses on George Street, and I know five people who heard his testimony, and each one of them later on received Christ as Savior. And in Perth, someone, when he heard that story, told him, that's what happened to me. I was in Sydney, and someone came to me on George Street and asked me if you died 24 hours, would you go to heaven or hell? So he had now heard, Reverend Dixon, from South England, from Bournemouth, had now heard of six people who were witnessed to by a man in Sydney on George Street who had asked them pretty much the same question, and each one of them, based on hearing this witness, had later on prayed and received the Lord Jesus as Savior. He went to Sydney and he asked about this man and he found this man. Um, his name was Frank Jenner. Uh, he had been a sailor himself. Uh, he had lived a life uh, before he was saved that was not too moral, not too upstanding, came to know the Lord Jesus as a savior and determined, this man called Frank Jenner, determined that he would witness to 10 people every day. And he focused on a particularly 
busy street in Sydney, known as George Street, and he would go there, and he would speak to people, and he would ask him this question. And so Pastor Dixon told him, I know of six people, four in England, one in Adelaide, here in Australia, one in Perth, uh, who have told me that they came to know the Lord Jesus because of you. The man started to cry. Uh, because even though he witnessed to many people, uh, many, many people, he said that up to that point in time, there were people who prayed with him right away. But up to that point in time, he had not heard, he had not heard of any people he had witnessed to who had clearly continued with the Lord, who had not just made a profession, but they went on to uh, be church members and, and, and live for the Lord and show evidence of faith. There were people who prayed with him on the spot. But now he knew of four people in England and one in uh, Adelaide, Australia, another in Perth, uh, uh, Australia. Later on, Pastor Dixon met people in India and Jamaica and two other people, at least in England, one in the south of the country and one in the north, who were saved because of Frank Jenner on George Street telling people, if you died within the next 24 hours, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Giving them a tract, giving them a brief word of uh, witness. Uh, of witness. Uh, he kept on uh, doing this, uh, Frank Jenner, for quite some time until he became elderly and, uh, and somewhat uh, weak. Uh, this is the story, the way I've read it in a few places. Like I've said, I've seen it in other places where there's more that is uh, mentioned. But through the years, witnessing to 10 people a day, sometimes more, some people say that maybe, maybe he witnessed to 100,000 people. And there were many who responded who he did not know of because... The response came after. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm not saying that everyone's story is necessarily like that story. Jeremiah served. How many people responded? Not that many people responded. But the response is something that is in the Lord's hands. And to serve faithfully is our responsibility. The Bible tells us that God's word will accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent. It will not return to him void. It will prosper in the thing to which he has sent it. Isaiah chapter 55. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not meaningless. It's not worthless. It's not, oh, here we go, let's do it. Why? Because that's what we should do. No. Full of meaning and worth and value. Enduring. 
in its uh, value. Cup of water, the Lord Jesus said. A cup of cold water given to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple shall in no wise lose its reward. Lose uh, uh, its uh, reward. Uh, Therefore, my beloved brethren, steadfast, unmovable, is what I want you to be. Not erratic and to and fro and up and down and here and there and all over the place. I want you to be steadfast and unmovable. I want you to always abound in the work of the Lord. And I want you to know that your labor is not in vain. Is not in vain in the Lord. The resurrection is the subject of this passage, the subject of this chapter. The resurrection means all these things. And more. And more. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness unto us. We thank you for your sending your Son. We thank you for his death on the cross. We thank you because he is not here, for he is risen. We thank you because he is the first fruits of them that sleep. We thank you because he will reign and all his enemies will be made his footstool. We thank you because death the last enemy will be will be destroyed we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed death shall be swallowed up in victory the corruptible will put on incorruption the mortal will put on immortality o death where is thy sting o grave Where is thy victory? And so, we thank you, Lord, because you give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.